What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us on the panel tonight are... David Arroyo. Roger May. Johnny Morales. Producing, as always, is Matt Lubick, but he's running around the corner to take care of something else. He's sitting in the comfy chair, but I'm going to say his line. Hi, Matt. Uh, if this is your first time ever joining us or listening to us, we are a review slash spoilery podcast. We typically review a Marvel book, a DC book, and some sort of an independent book. Uh, we do a graphic novel review, and we will play some trivia and give you, the listener, the opportunity to win the books that we reviewed tonight. So uh, stay tuned for all that. Before we do any of that, though, we like to start the show off now with some news. So, Johnny, get off your phone and actually do your job, please. I am looking through emails, but thank you for putting <laughs> me out like that. Um, anyway, so uh, starting off with news, Marvel Comics is canceling the Cable series. Uh, it's ending in July with Cable. I'm still going? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, apparently. Um, with Cable number 159. When you said Cable series, I was like... Which one? Like I, thought it was I think a TV we reviewed show. issue one. No, I thought it was a TV show. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, "There's no title behind that, Johnny." And then yeah. I realized, like, "Oh yeah, there's." Well, that's a pretty good. At least it made 159 issues. Right, right. Being canceled. That's an achievement. Um, How did it do that, Roger? <laughs> By being awesome, obviously. <laughs> uh, By pulling out magical math. I saw um, Teresa. I went to go see Deadpool last night. I still haven't seen it. It was good. I haven't seen any movie since January. I, I think probably not as funny as the first one. It's still, I mean, there's you're the still first a lot one to tell humor. me that. There's still a lot of humor. I think I think it had a better story. Okay. Uh, but man, it's so violent. I can't wait. I'm gonna try to see it tomorrow. I didn't. I, I didn't like it. Of course you didn't, Johnny. No, I give it a 1.5. Johnny Johnny's taste in movies is highly suspect. Keep going with news. Maybe. Um, anyway, uh, Storm is joining uh, the X-Men Red with number seven. She's getting a new costume. Cool stuff. Uh, that series is really good. Uh, other Moving on. Uh, Marvel's Weapon X evolves into Weapon X-Force for fresh start. So with uh, Weapon X number 22, uh, Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente are bringing in the X-Force. Um, yeah. That should be something here's my jazz hands for it <laughs> it will definitely be a thing yeah uh marvel is uh reveals the first post bendis miles morales creative team uh for spider-man annual number one um and i believe that is by brian edward hill and artist nelson blake the second and mark bagley um and apparently this is a story uh going back to the past during secret invasion um, which is weird because during Secret Invasion, Miles was in the Ultimate, Ultimate Universe. Universe. So who knows how they'll do that. Maybe they're going to retcon that he's been in the 616 forever. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Marvel announces uh, through solicitation a Wolverine number one. Uh, and the solicitation uh, is for Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends number one, uh, where they literally say, how does this lead into Wolverine number one next month? Um, no official solicitation, but we're getting a Wolverine title, obviously, if it wasn't obvious. We'll probably get five Wolverine titles. Probably. Sorry, I can't get past the fact that you're doing Marvel news, and in the back of the shop there's crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all I can, all I can really focus on yeah. is the crickets. It is kind back. of amazing how loud they got when he started talking about uh, it. 
Like it's it's like I, I should take the microphone over there just so that the listeners can hear right. it. So there's no exaggeration. Um, at least we can have you know the button, the crickets button yeah. for whenever, and the sound effect. Anyway, um, pretty good. Thank you. Uh, You're moving good for more than just new, <laughs> Uh You were pretty lonely as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> moving on to DC news. Uh, Batwoman is ending in August with uh, issue 18. Mm. Um, and that's a bummer because after Tinian left, um, Marguerite Bennett did a wonderful job. Tynan. Tynan. Yeah. Um, next is uh, we're getting a new Super Sun series. Uh, it's a maxi series, 12 issues. issues. Adventures of the Super Suns. Right. It's that written by. Uh, Peter Tomasi with art by Carlo Barberi and Art Thibbert. Thibbert? Thibbert. Thibbert. Uh, and it's basically, it's... So the creative team from the last issue that we just Right, read. right, right. And, and, what they, <laughs> and what they set up. And, yeah. And that it, probably. Th- this mini, this maxi series or whatever you want to call it, is just kind of looking into the Super Sons past and just doing like these couple of one-off adventures. Um, so which is like pretty cool. Series. Yeah, I, which I is kind of wanted more after that issue. So yeah, it, it, <laughs> it like after I read this issue and then I looked at the news, I was like, that kind of felt like how it's gonna play out. Mm. Uh, next piece of news is Supergirl is returning with new creative team and Thank costume, um, picking up after Supergirl twenty in April. Uh, issue twenty one will uh, hit in August. And it is going to be, let's see, the creative team is Mark and Draco and Kevin McGuire. And uh, it's supposed to be tied. Kevin McGuire is doing one of the issues of Man of Steel, right? With Bendis? Maybe? Don't know. Because it's, an, it's okay. a different artist each week. I think he's doing one of them with Bendis. Um, right. So they, they talk about Supergirl's new costume and how it's relevant to what's going on. Uh, but they... They say that it. Don't worry, it is not permanent, and I think they say that because it's god awful. <laughs> Oof, as it so often is. God, why are these ads? I don't think it's god awful. Actually, eh, that's not that bad. Eh, I don't know. She's not that great. Out in space doing stuff. But like, anyway, whatever. They say she has a. I don't know. Um, anyway, way worse. Yeah, last piece yeah. of news. Uh, yeah, it could be the new Fifty Two Superman yeah. design. <laughs> That's not oh, worse. Please. I was gonna say new Fifty Two Supergirl design. <laughs> oh, that one too. Um, with, with the last piece of news. Yeah. Or the freaking. I can't wait to crap all over the things you like. The, the freaking glowing spider in Spider Man. Yeah, that's every week. I just wait for it, though. I need yeah. to time it. The last piece of news is, sadly, uh, that uh, DC is canceling Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps with issue number 50. Um, <laughs> and Matt, that... Matt's in, officially in mourning. I was in mourning, too, but I don't think it's because of low sales. I mean, it wasn't, like, a, a stellar performer, but it was a solid one. It was reliable Yeah, it was, it was in the upper 20,000s. And... 20, and I think this is more due to the fact because Venditti's been writing Hal since the middle of the New 52. When Johns left that book, yeah. that's when Venditti took over. So five years maybe? He's maybe done a longer? Good yeah. yeah, he's been a fantastic steward of Hal, and he just might be done with his story. So what will probably happen is this is specifically Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. DC has never been without a Green Lantern book or a Green Lantern Corps book. Mm-hmm. or something. So I I find it 
hard to believe that they're not yeah. gonna have something with Hal floating around, be it just yeah. a normal Green Lantern title. Well, yeah, they're gonna have a Green Lantern's book, but yeah, it's not gonna represent Hal or John Stewart or Guy Gardner or the Kyle Rayner. Right. Um. You know, uh, yeah, so I think they're they'll do something. They're probably gonna reboot. No, that's the wrong word. They're probably gonna relaunch the title maybe like in late 2018, early 2019. Um, you know, with a new creative team, I think, like Jonathan's yeah. right, this is maybe Robert Venditti's last thing. Um, because I mean, he's, he's, it's solicited he's as a finale. Since Rebirth has started, has been hitting a lot of high notes. I mean, he it's like clearly he's kind of near the end, he's in the third act of his run. I mean, how he started Rebirth, I was like, frick, dude, you could just end after that first story arc and I'd be friggin' happy, yeah. But you know, he's clearly got a plan. He's been, like I said, he's been a fantastic steward of Hal. So um, I'm sad, but Venditti's also going to be writing other stuff for DC, and I hope it's just as good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's all the news. All right. Well, let's move over to some questions. I've got a couple. Do we get any in the email, yes. Johnny? Yes. You got some in the. Do you have them, Roger, or do you want me to get them? Mm, go ahead. Okay. Do we get any in the shop, Roger? No, Ian said he was going to send some in, but I do not think I've heard from him. So okay, well, I've got one offhand right here, so we'll start. We'll start it off with this. Okay. Uh, Aaron Candelaria. Happy birthday, Aaron. Yes, happy birthday, Aaron. Um, it's his birthday today upon this recording. So by the time you guys listen, it will be his already have been his birthday. Uh, but he says it's my birthday. Uh, yep, that's right. Bow down to me, all you unworthy peasants. Thank you, Aaron. Anyways, the Han Solo movie came out on my birthday. Aaron's birthday, not mine. And it's really awesome. My question is, has anything ever come out on your birthday that you were really excited about? Most Harry Potter movies came out on me. my birthday. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I second that. The first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out on my birthday. Yeah. It was pretty fun. <gasps> I know. Pokemon Sun and Moon came out on my birthday. Mm. Awesome games. Fantastic. Yes. Um, my birthday is like two weeks before Christmas in December. So <laughs> oh, wow. there's hardly oh. anything that's like, unless it's a holiday movie, and except for recently, Star Wars typically is out around my birthday, not on my birthday. Mm. So there's that. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> for me, it's a little tough because I'm I'm near the end yeah, of the not year. Not exactly peak films. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a tough one for me to answer. I can't recall anything off the top of my head. Uh, how about you? Yeah, the only thing I could recall is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's it. Now, of course, name. you know. Uh, people, I thought you were people, joking about that. People You're might, actually serious people about might that. say differently, but no, I really <laughs> had high expectations of that movie when it came out. But but you know, it did. <laughs> so. Yeah. Matt, anything ever come out on your birthday that you were excited about? Okay, that's a no. So, moving on. Sorry, Aaron, I wish I had a better answer for you. Come up with better questions next time. I have a question from Bryce Smith. Go ahead. Hi there, ASCP gang. What up, Bryce? I've got two questions for y'all today. Two for one special. Yes. First one, most young comic readers attempted to draw or write their own comic at some point. (laughs) So when y'all were young, did you attempt to draw or write your own original comic? I tried drawing. (laughs) Realized I wasn't good at it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I drew a lot as a kid. Yeah. 
I mostly wrote stories and then I drew stick figures to go with the stories. Because I knew I couldn't draw. Then I realized it was way more fun to make your own costume and run around the backyard pretending to be a superhero. Yeah. So you were LARPing. Yeah, I was essentially was yeah. LARPing. I was essentially LARPing. <laughs> I was jumping off the shed, like trying to fly. I was that kid. Did yeah, you ever have like an original work? An original work? Yeah, like comic wise. Uh, like when you were a little kid, obviously. I remember drawing, trying to draw a lot of Superman. Like I was that mm -hmm. kid. Okay. So, and as a matter of fact, I went so far as to color like with a marker, a pair of, because mind you, I was eight years old, so don't hold this against me now. I took a marker and colored a pair of my underwear red <laughs> and okay. put it on the outside of my clothes. Nice. And then tied a red beach towel around my neck. And I was like, I am Superman. And That's that awesome. was Tuesday. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yep. That was, uh, that was some fun stuff. So when I was a little kid, um, the Captain Underpants books were getting really popular. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, Johnny, didn't yeah. they just have a movie come out? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I was like seven or nine, uh, and I made his sidekick, Kid Boxers. It was really bad. You drew it or you made yeah, it? Yeah, no, I drew it and I, and I wrote it, but it was really bad. I also like stapled it and made it like a comic book. Oh, right on. Yeah. Oh, I have drawn many comic books from very young age. The the key thing is, I never stopped. <laughs> um, I I have drawn one that's on online and one that I print. And but yeah, if I I drew a lot of superheroes when I was a kid, and I drew a lot of comics when I was a kid too. <laughs> right on. And what's your comic? My comic is the super cliche hero chick, soon to have a website. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I think I drew mostly Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. Yeah, that, oh, that, was, was, that was. They were my go-to's, and then of course I was a kid. I was a teenager in the early '90s, so lots of X-Men. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Bryce's second were, question. Were you done with that, Roger? Yeah. yeah more. Okay. Just, just Spider-Man and. Here's um <clears throat> Bryce's second question. Uh, second, have any of you guys ever met Rob Liefeld? Does he have feet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have met Rob Liefeld. I can contest that he does have feet. There's a there's a jab in Deadpool 2 like like saying like Rob Liefeld doesn't know how to draw feet and it's pretty funny. That's not only in Deadpool 2 that that jab exists. Was it in Deadpool 1? It's no, everywhere. No, that jab is no, in no, the no, real no. world. I know, <laughs> I'm just saying specifically. I that's why I said not only is No, that I know. Uh, you boys rock week after week. Thanks as usual, Bryce. Uh, and Johnny, my wife Jen is going to start proofreading my emails. I know my southern grammar is hard to read at times. Eyes no, get, Bryce. No, I no, no. get an educated chick to make my emails readable. No, it's not his fault he can't read. No, I can read. <laughs> no. no. Bryce, don't, don't deprive Yeah, don't ever change. I like that, it. That, uh, you know, over here little, on the West gift from home. Yeah, over here on the West Coast, we need a little bit of that Southern charm. Yeah. So please don't. Mm-mm. Um, I think I have another question in my Instagram. All right. This is a long one. So brace yourselves. Um, certain characters lend themselves to certain, this is from Tom in Canada, by the way. So, Hey Tom. What's up Tom? Hey Tom. Uh, certain characters lend themselves well to certain art styles. Uh, partially opinion, of course, but for example, Spider-Man or Deadpool tend to have a more uh, have more humor, so lighter types of art match well, while typically Batman or Daredevil have 
darker types of art styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the question is, what characters do you think need to be flipped on their heads in terms of what's in, what's expected for the art? So kind of like how they used a very graphic art style for the current Mr. Miracle as a way of offsetting the sort of deliberate camp, and he put that in quotes, uh, that came along with the original writing style. What I... Um Maybe there are a couple of things that need, uh, you know, like a shuffle. But m- my favorite one was uh, Mark Ra- Wade and Chris Samney's Daredevil. Like he was dark for years and years and years, and then they came in and they lightened him up, and I love that. That's funny because I've got the completely opposite reaction. Really, I love uh, my my favorite is Remender's Deadpool. Oh, wait, you said Daredevil. Daredevil. Sorry. I heard Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I got Deadpool in the brain. Yeah. But for, for those have, that haven't read it. To be fair, that that was a change because it was Jerome Pena drawing him also. And I think that was the first yeah, time I saw Yeah, but now they like flip that. back to, you know, the goofy slapstick Deadpool yeah. in both books that he's in. Oh, God. Okay. Sorry. But no, I agree with you on Daredevil completely. It's really good. Um, but, like, he's asking what books do we think should have like or not necessarily books but just characters with their art I think Mr. Miracle is a good example I don't think anybody expected what we got out of that until we got the first issue it was like whoa Um, Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent go for it and say Captain Marvel and it's not necessarily the style of her book but her style period you know, the half-shaved head or whatever, all this stuff. The Mohawk. Her costume, I think, is dumb. I don't know. I just, I, I really wish that they would, they would do Bring something. Back the sash? They, no, they don't even have to do that. I just, I just wish different. they would do something better. Just give her a full head of hair. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> And not that I just—I I mean, know. she I mean, does, doesn't she? On paper, it well, just looks like weird. She, oh no, she's white walled. No. no, she's not shaved. It's just like she, she only has an yeah, opening no, on top. Okay, I thought she had a look know. at the. I thought she had a sidewall. No, she's she only has two sidewalls now. Okay. I love the current Captain Marvel, but that's just me. I, I'm not. I don't have a Johnny. You could slap anything new out, and if it's new, you're going to be all down with it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't dislike. I don't dislike the look. I'm, I mean, look at Doomsday I, I Clock. I that's new, right? Proper short haircut. Yeah, but <laughs> you're crazy because of that. <laughs> but that's just me. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is a hard question. Like, what do you lighten up? What do you darken? Like, uh, you could go obvious and go Batman, but Batgirl. Right. Batgirl needs to go, go back, back in a in yeah. a hard second. Yep. I don't really like Gail Simone's Batgirl. I liked the Batgirl of Burnside a lot because it just had this totally different tone, and Once again, it was just girl fun. On the inside, Johnny. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I think I, I think you I, should be okay with that I too, th- Jonathan. I thought that, I thought that was a good I, change. I, I would I mean, much rather um, take Gail Simone's. Batgirl. I could take Gail Simone's just as easily, but yeah, know, no, so. definitely. I'm not saying but, it was you know, it was bad or anything. Um, of course, I didn't actively read the other book, but <laughs> I did read bits of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I think there is a dark Spider-Man story out there. I don't want it. I'm not saying it would be great or anything, but I we, do. We got be, Superior Spider-Man, I do believe, and that's as I, I dark do as believe, I can I want do it. believe there is a dark, a dark Spider-Man, or maybe not dark Spider-Man, but 
a Spider-Man where a darker art style would work. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Spider-Man noir? Yes they, yes, they did. And, that, and then Todd <laughs> yeah. McFarlane's one was kind of. Okay, yeah. And it right. wasn't a dark book, but it had dark art, you know. Well, McFarlane. Yeah, that's true. He does. He is kind of set to one setting. I just keep looking at the Darwin Cook's New Frontier, and he just did it perfectly. You know, he lightened up all the heroes a little bit. But see, it wasn't well, like all of them were dark well, the entire time either. That was that was very much a play off of the yeah. the Golden Age of the Silver. Age. Right. I don't think it was as much about the tone of the book. I think it was that the style fit the transitionary nature of the story from the golden age to the silver age. And there was some dark, heavy stuff in that. Yeah. Uh, I found, I found Darwin cook kind of similar to a lot of the indie comics people of the eighties. Um, kind of like love and rockets and such mm-hmm. where they were cartoon, you know, no matter what the dark content of their books were, they were, they were cartooning. And as I hold the point of view that solid cartooning could tell any comic story. Mm-hmm. It's only when you get really realistic that you have to be in, you have to go, oh, this is gritty, this is light, you know. Right. Yeah. Good that's, question. Then. Yeah, that is that is a very that's a good thinker. question. So um, probably one that we should spend way more time on that we're not going to. All right. Uh, thank <laughs> you, Tom. Maybe we revisit it. Uh, you feel free to send me another batch of questions that I can space out over the next couple of weeks if you want. I uh, hope you like the show. Uh, all right. Let's head over to our reviews. Roger, what DC book did we read this week? Super Sons. Final issue. Air quotes. <laughs> right. After they just announced um, the media. Super Sons <laughs> issue number 16 by uh, Pete Tomasi and Carlo Barberi. Oh, Barbary. Is that? Barbary. Barbary. Um, in this issue, we find out how uh, Jonathan and Damien saved the Justice League from Kid Amazo. Um, as told by an elderly Damian Wayne. Elderly Damian Wayne, you think? Probably. I was thinking... Or was it Bruce? I was thinking Clark. I was thinking Grandpa because Superman because the, the wink. Because the, the blue eyes and the... Uh, oh, well, yeah. And, and the okay. kid, the little girl was floating and, at the end. And the and the wink is a... But then, the, classic okay. Superman, then we have that Damian looking kid uh, yeah. next to her. Doesn't mean that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah, I, maybe Damien. Yeah, that's no, they're not thinking. buddies and all, like, you know, still still uh, partnered up and whatnot. Yeah, it's fascinating because he's built like a, an elderly Bruce. Yeah. At least from. But, uh, yeah, you know. That's. I, I don't know. That's how I was. I don't know who the narrator of this tale was. I think that's intentional the because. But I yeah, liked it. Because the I think there's there's a new twelve that as Johnny mentioned, uh, yeah, maxi series, yeah, twelve issue series coming out that uh, the further adventures of, of John and Damien basically, mm-hmm. um, and this in this issue it's basically um, one of them as an old man telling the grandkids uh, stories of his exploits with the other. Uh, which is Damien or Jonathan, um, and how they saved the world over and over again. Um, because, yeah, that, that's the other thing. I've thought that the the grandfather was kind of a little on the pompous side, mm. and maybe that was just the reading in my voice. Okay. 
you know, or mm-hmm. in my head, in my yeah. voice in my head. Um, but, and I took that more as Damien, like, yeah, yeah, we did that, <laughs> you know. But the blue eyes is not Damien. because yeah, Damien has green eyes. Yeah. Like Talia. So, but then there's contacts, yeah. you know, yeah. so. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, probably. But anyway, I I thought the book was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm glad they're continuing on with a another another series. Yeah. To give us some more of that. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was actually really fun. Um, knowing that this story doesn't really matter made me enjoyed it. Uh, enjoy it more. Um, because like it's you know it's a retelling like we know what's gonna happen um (coughs) but i just like the fact that uh john and damien work so well together even though damien can you know kind of get in the way a little bit um but yeah so uh for the most part i enjoyed it i like how damien used his dad's contingency (laughs) plans for everybody yeah Uh, to um, basically figure out how to beat cyborg yeah uh, uh, I love the amazo the, cyborg yeah. I, I love the line your dad doesn't right <laughs> your dad has contingency plans on how to kill every member of the justice league your dad doesn't <laughs> no, and then jonathan came back and said something like oh, i'll have to look it up yeah it, it was it was like completely like innocent like it was like um where is it right there it's somewhere in those panels or something like that but uh, yeah, I he has, um, their bir- he has their birthdays in his calendar. Right. Yeah, I mean, he has their birthdays, has in, his his birthdays in his calendar, which was. <laughs> I really think this is well written. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. It's yeah. that banner between it, those two. It's a very fun that, book for me. Has never gotten old. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that kids could read this, and and enjoy the heck out of it. Uh, and the parents and, and their parents just as much yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I really hope that they do um, uh, a larger collected edition of this whole series given that it's only 16 issues I think they could do it I would like that very much I would like some sort of omnibus I don't know if it's absolute worthy no but I would definitely like some sort of omnibus or two volume hardcover or something like that right. I don't know you know. Or just a big trade. I mean, being yeah. that it's only 1,600, uh, 16, 16 I mean, issues, that's like 320 pages. So, Yeah, um, I would definitely appreciate that. This was a, this is a great little uh, comma to the run since we are getting more. And Tomasi has said several times on social media that, like, the boys are going to be around. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think what they're doing is they're just instead of trying to sustain an ongoing series, they're going to be hitting us with like mini series, maxi series, and placing them at other points of stories where we yeah. get to uh, see them. Which so, may be the better way of doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, at first I missed when they when they pulled uh, Jorge Jimenez off of this because he was kind of a a big reason I liked the original series or the the beginning part of the series, I should say. Um, because his art style was so fun and kind of fit the tone. But Carlo Barbary filling in for the last few issues here um, fits the, the tone really well also. It doesn't skip a beat yeah. with any of it. So um, he still kind of captures that uh, that boyish charm that they both have really well. 
So. Yeah, the art's nice. Um, I, I like the art a lot. There's just some weird stuff with Cyborg's head at times, but other than that, it's pretty decent. What, you want to see his head? Yeah, I, I noticed the, what you're talking about. There's weird stuff about your head that I don't bring Probably, it's a little big. Don't bully me. <laughs> Believe me, that's not bullying. <laughs> that's just truth telling, Johnny. Where? Show me. Uh, let's and see. Like a close up in there. Yeah, it's like when he's talking to them about it. Uh, not this one. It's probably nowhere near as exaggerated as you're making it. Sound. I'm not done, but okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, what would you rate this? Yeah. Um, four. I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't like Damien. Is that it? No. Looks no, fine. that's not it. I didn't see any issues with heads. So it probably isn't anywhere near as... I mean, David also I, thinks I, so. Yeah, but, I'm all, but I also draw all the time, so I'm <laughs> super picky. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up unless someone else did. But, yeah, there. Oh, right. There it is. That weird like, caved-in head. The arc is there. Not you guys, <laughs> I I admit you guys are looking way too hard. Dude, I, I admit I, it. I'm I more like critical. Just, than, yeah, yeah. You should see me well, talk about but my if you, art. If you pull, <laughs> if you pull a panel out of a comic and well, say yeah. that it, no, that's know, why I said the art was good, except yeah. for one like a panel or two. I didn't remember how many panels there were of the dude's head, but it's one. Yeah, I it's don't know. fine. I think it's a matter of perspective but anyway um it's a five for me i love this book david um yeah i really like this book um uh, i actually i don't think i've ever read super sons i read the stuff with jonathan in the main series but i really liked it and well now i it's not so sad for me because i have like a whole 15 issues now to read so (laughs) it's uh, like two two or three volumes yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's it was a fun book. I really liked it. It had a nice, breezy feel. It's got a lot. It's got a fun quality that I tend to find missing in the mainstream comics these days, and I really enjoyed it. And I even kind of like still is uh, um, appropriate for all ages. Yes, I, I would have no problem giving this to any of the kids in my life. Yeah. What's your rating? Oh, my rating is uh, four. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm going to give it a five because I've liked the series since day one, and I thought it was, a, like I said, a good punctuation mark. Uh, or as I like to say, like I said earlier, a comma. Since we're semicolon. getting more. Yeah, semicolon, essentially. It's um, the ellipsis at the end of a paragraph. Yeah, pretty much because <laughs> they're not going anywhere. Uh, they will be back. So um, I'm looking forward to that maxi series and seeing where it picks up from here. Yeah, so, same here. Yeah. Is Kid Amazo from pr- previous issues? No, he was uh, from the uh, first issue, first story arc. That was their their first villain mm. that they fought. Oh, okay, and it was uh, it was from when the Amazo virus got la- released on Metropolis. Uh, right, and I, and I like that he's straight up named Kid Amazo. Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, I have a comic called Hero Chick, so yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't think I'm being cruel. This yeah. is the same. This is the same guys that that created. Uh, Bizarro's son and called him Boyzaro. Right. <laughs> but on, only after, now, after, want, after the only fans. After the internet. Yeah. If there was more of this, I would read it. a lot more mainstream comics. Yeah. That's what I'm Do you saying. guys think that Damien would have trouble moving in all his getup? Because he's wearing like these 
like this dress type of shirt. I, have, I, I think have, I hope I'm just asking. Of, I have it's a very it's a comic book. expensive. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like if this of... was some other book, they would bring it up. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm, and that's why I'm glad some it's other this book. book I not some other up. book. <laughs> that's not true, Johnny. No, I'm, I'm I'm actually with Jonathan on this because I think that his costume is actually probably very high tech and yeah. functional. Exactly. If any, that if anything else, yeah, that's it's, a, it's designed to augment his physical abilities. Yeah, that's the great thing. That's He's the great a thing Wayne. About, that's the great no, thing about I know. the Bat family. If you have a question, you just say money. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just, is money. I'm just going back to the Incredibles, where you know the chick saying no capes. Like, look at the length of this cape. Yeah, that's problematic. But anyway, that's nitpicking. I, this is not a problem. It's fine. I know. I, <laughs> I like. I'm just, uh, <laughs> it's just when people say that stuff, I'm always like, it's a comic. Yeah, book. who cares? It's lines on paper. <laughs> I was asking. I was just asking you guys. Think about how big Spawn's cape is. Spawn's horrible. That's why, though. Johnny. <laughs> wow. Johnny. I, I have to admit, I, I have to. The say confidence Johnny in which you one. say really silly things is bewildering sometimes. Do you remember the last Spawn book we read? Moving on to Skyward. Yep. Exactly. No, because we're not going to get into this now. <laughs> I think it was like a uh, one and a half at the most. No, it was bad. It, yeah. was, it was bad. very bad. But Spawn as a character is not bad. Yeah. Agree to disagree. <laughs> um, so for our indie book, we have Skyward number two um, by Joe Henderson uh, for writing and Lee Garbett for the art. Mm. And this was an interesting read considering that I have not read the first issue, so I kind of came in the middle. Essentially, there was an event on Earth called G-Day and gravity reversed. So a ton of people died by just floating away into the sky. And people, the people that survived had to learn how to essentially live on a planet that's trying to pull them away from the ground towards the sky. And this girl, I can't remember her name now for the life of me, is the main character. Um, she's kind of been making her way. Uh, downward. Downtown. Yeah, Walking downtown. Fast. I think this takes place in Chicago. Yes. Faces pass um, and I'm homebound. And they stop it, Johnny. <laughs> That's not neither the time nor the place mm. for things like that. Um, <laughs> trying to trying to essentially kind of make make do with the way that life is now and gets caught up into what seems to be some sort of criminal element that's tied to her father. And she's tried talking to her dad. There's a lot of people that were affected by G day. Her dad being one of them doesn't want to go outside. One of the ways that people are kind of coping with this whole anti-gravity thing is they've got like ways to kind of fly around and kind of use the gravity, uh, or the, the lack of gravity, or they have magnetic shoes mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, so it's an interesting, uh, world that this guy's created. Um, Right off the bat, the art's pretty good. I liked it. And one of the things I liked was the fact that all the women in the book that have long hair, their hair is always up always, towards yeah. the sky in this, like, kind yeah. of mess. I thought that was a nice Astronaut touch. Astronaut here. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a really nice touch considering that there's no gravity. So you, you see anybody with the long hair, it's all just kind of crazy and floating everywhere. As, just think of, like, if they were underwater. Her hair was just kind of like all over the place. So I thought that was a nice little touch to add to the fact that like, even though you're not seeing like a, t like the panels, it's not like it's very stiff art or anything like that. It's very fluid and whatnot, but yeah. it adds that extra dimension of like, Oh yeah, there's no gravity here. The, you know, so yes, the, the physics of the world are always in the, are yeah. always in panel. 
So, um, really, I I dug it. I'd be willing to like read more of this series, um, but I would definitely want to read issue one and pick up from there before I'd go any further. Um, what do you guys think? It made me question how much I how much I missed because I I thought you or at least I had a very good handle on yeah. what this yeah world was about what the story was about you know um dave and i were talking earlier yeah it, it read almost read like, like an issue one. on um i got the first issue today i haven't read it yet um, um so i'll find out but <laughs> yeah i'm curious and i don't know whether they go you know back to the beginning to g-day because this is this is a lot further in the future well, not a lot further, but but years. the guy is it twenty um, years? I believe it says in there it's twenty years after. Jim. Um, because the guy who invented the mag boots was actually at one time a partner of her father. Yeah, and he, this guy, uh, seems to be being set up as the bad guy, and yeah. he does not want her father around. Yeah, there, there's a vibe that he thought he was dead, and now he wants to ensure that that is the right. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is there's this fear of like by a lot of the characters of floating away. So like because she messes with some of their mag boots of these, uh, I guess you could say like security team whatever, and they yeah. they kind of lose it and they just flip out thinking yeah. they're gonna die in the sky. Yeah, yeah. The pe- the people in downtown um, try to live as close to life before G Day as humanly possible. Yeah, they make an analogy to the. Uh, the guy, um, the Japanese soldier that was found on an island who was still fighting World War Two. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, um, interesting yeah. book. I like the I like the world that they created. Um, I like the art style. I would definitely read a full trade of this. I'm not sure if I would or not. I do I do like the art style. I think it's an interesting concept, but albeit unbelievable. I actually mostly wanted to go back and read issue one to see if if they gave any kind of pseudoscience ex- yeah they don't you you can and you can't have you read it you, you, you can't make gravity going away from the earth make sense it yeah. right physics, in actual physics it air molecules in this blood yeah. everything there doesn't work. magic yes <laughs> like a lot but like a lot of high concept science fiction yeah the high concept is to facilitate a story not to explain itself yeah. Oh, yeah, all, yeah all in the first issue, they don't, is, they don't, we, you know, we thought we understood gravity, but nope, we don't. Yeah, in the it first issue, off. they don't really cover any, like, explanation, like, what happens to air molecules and blood and circulation and stuff like that, um, because that's what literally would happen. Um, but, you know, just suspend your disbelief, and it, it's a fine book. Um, I don't think I love the premise. I don't see where this is going really i know it's issue two um but you know i I feel like i don't have any interest in the other characters maybe i have a little bit more interest in her but not not really much uh the art is good i great even i really like it um what i love most is the coloring uh on the inside just a bunch of uh like purples and blues and pinks and it's just um really colorful in that type of um you know color spectrum um but other than that um i don't think i'm gonna keep reading it because i i don't find myself caring about the premise that much yeah uh, i'm i was rather fond of this book it was actually my favorite one of the three um i enjoyed it i liked the art um, the story was good 
like I said, it was a bit wonky of a high concept, but I could see that it's just, you know, they want to put humans in a different status quo of life. And it was very, it was um, it was a good read. I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll probably will hang with it for a little while. See if I can see if it stays good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm curious. I'll probably I'll I'll probably keep touch with you know the people who do read it and what would you rate see it? See whether or not you know I'd want to do it. It's it's a three for me. I mean it's 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 okay. There's there's a lot to like about it. But then there's a lot of stuff that just bugs me. Yeah. So yeah, and mainly because of the the sciencey the side. Sciencey stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would probably have been even you know satisfied if they were explaining it. If one character was explaining mm-hmm. what happened. If they just the had others. Neil deGrasse Tyson drawn. But it was drawn. just like blah 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 yeah. blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, okay, well, all mm-hmm. right. But no, I, I don't. I, I don't. It's not. It's not a strong enough hook. For me, I mean, you have this, this, you know, you have, you have a completely different cast system now based on, you know, the physics or lack of physics, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's a strong enough hook. Hmm. So yeah, there's a lot more space junk now. Indeed. <laughs> what would you rate it, David? I would rate it a four. Um, if there's a strong issue three, it might be a five. Uh, I would give it a three and a half. I am really into the art. Um, but I would have to read the trade if someone told me it was really good because I'm not going to pick up an issue three. I'm at three and a half also. Um, I think it's good. Uh, there's enough there for me to read a trade if presented with one. Um I don't know if I'd want to pull every single issue, but I would definitely read a trade. I'd read a collected edition of it to see at least what the first story arc is like mm. and kind of go from there. Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. So, so I just I wonder why they chose to do that for this story. The gravity I mean, thing? was that, yeah. It was, I mean, probably was, it, the was first, it, it was probably the idea and the, everything else hung The kernel that, that... Yeah. I think that most hi, that most high planning. concept science fiction, the high concept is what, what everything's if, hung off what of. What if gravity turned yeah. off? What would society be like? Okay, now we need a bad guy too. We need yeah. Well, you need what if you all need the air ca- turned to wood? You, you need you. <laughs> let's do it. You need like that was what, that stuff. was how that went. I I mean there is a reason why like in the quote unquote golden age of science fiction, uh, most um, high concept science fiction stories were short stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Moving on. David. All right. The book that I read was Black Panther. Is it Black Panther 1 or Black Panther Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda? One? It's number one. <laughs> okay. I, could, I couldn't. I wasn't clear on whether That's just it was, the story but, arc title. Okay. Um, it is a book that was very confusing to me. <laughs> um, Who by? Oh, yeah. It's by um, Tanishi. Tanisi. Tanahisi. Tanahisi, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Coates uh, and Daniel Acuna. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, I don't know if it's in the future or now. Or um, did you? They read basically the, said, like, we know you have questions. But, did, yeah. Did you read it in the, the uh, thing in the back? Because that's literally what it says. Um, it's Wakanda has become an interstellar empire. 
that's built on slavery and um, the mining of vibranium because, you know, what else would they be based on? Right. Um, and there's – and we come across a slave ship where we have who I'm guessing is T'Challa. Um, Not originally. He was given that name. Oh, okay. Okay, so he's a – okay. This guy who I assumed was T'Challa. Mm-hmm. And he goes off and he, he has memories of of a woman from his past life because all the slaves have the, have been mind wiped. And he leads a one-man slave revolt and um, gets Are you in- sure you weren't describing Gladiator during Rome? <laughs> what, it, what is that? Maybe. It's a good movie, Johnny. It's, uh, I've never seen it. So. But, Russell well, Crowe. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's I may be. Um, I mean, didn't they have a line like the ma- the slave who defied an empire? Yeah, I think it, I think like, was, I think yeah. it is. It was like gladiator, and and he and he ends up he gets in a big fight with one of the one of the big guys on the on the line mm-hmm. and ends up. And yeah, that happened in Gladiator. This is yeah. Gladiator. It ends up, ends up. I'm really angry now because I liked <laughs> this book, but it, this is Gladiator. It, it ends up, ends up um, joining like, a revolutionary band, and the book is over, and it's very confusing. Do you like Gladiator? Gladiator's a great movie. Then why be angry movie. about it? Because it's a ripoff of Gladiator. Well, I mean, everything's um, a ripoff of everything. It's fine. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I, th- I thought that this overall was derivative. I mean, it's, it's like, again, like, hey, let's. Turn the ta- you know, uh, turn the tables on T'Challa, and we'll put him on a slave ship. You know, basically being enslaved by his own people. Um, but I, I have, I have bigger issues with this book, and, and it really has to do with the timeline, because apparently, I'm pretty sure it said two thousand years ago that you know this group of Wakandans set out uh, to you know create. Yeah, this yeah. colony, this yeah, that's where uh, I was kind of like, I'm like, okay, colony. so is it the future or is Wakanda like way more high tech than I ever gave them credit for? So no, <laughs> uh, they're yeah. real so, high tech, but in, yeah. in two thousand years, this you know, gr- you know, ragtag group of Wakandans who you know ventured into space, uh, basically took over five galaxies. So no, I think Wakandans originate from space. And then the current like Black Panther stuff, Wakanda. That's now. So this is the past. Mm. Oh, okay. If that's the case, if I this really is the past, like that's <laughs> at least that's what I think. Okay. No, I definitely see where you're going with that. And yeah. I definitely see potential for that being and how maybe maybe the the name T'Challa is mm-hmm. something with historical precedence for right. that. Mm-hmm. I I need to reread it. Yeah, I I love this book. It was really cool to me. I'm that makes not, one of us right. I'm not a I'm not a fan of uh, sci-fi, but this had some very like political type of thing. This reminded me of Exo Manowar, like at least the first arc, um, uh, the new Valiant stuff. And it also reminded that. it also reminded me a little bit of uh, Star Wars, um, which you know Star Wars is fine to me. Um, but this was just cool, and the Daniel Acuna art to accompany it is has made me really interested in what is going on, what happened or what is going you, to happen. You see, I, I, I found myself enjoying it, mm-hmm. 
but I did not care at the end of it. I, I they tried, they tried really hard, mm-hmm. and it was a valiant effort. But I just uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not really emotionally yeah. attached to any characters, but I like the story. I like to. Yeah. Uh, I like where it's going. Uh, I, I like the fact that they're mind wiped and he's having visions uh, of this person that kind yeah. of looks like Storm, but you know, yeah, it's probably I, in the I past. Saw, there, there was a few hooks there that I just they just didn't work for me. I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the the political stuff it was okay, but I mean, nothing that I haven't seen executed better. Yes. Somewhere I, mean, else. I, I would. That's where yeah. I would kind of because I I thought that the I thought that the the storytelling well, was kind of a mess. Of course, that sort of story is probably as well executed as it's going to be from a mainstream comic. You know, because, you know, that's not exactly the place where you go and have grand authorial, um, you know, where it's not, it's not the, um, the medium for grand authorial um, intents, you know. I think one of the things lacking in this, look, this story is told, you know, um, kind of in the style of a Jonathan Hickman where you have only dialogue and no exposition. Uh-huh. And I think that this I think that this story would have benefited greatly from exposition. Um, yeah, but yeah they're, maybe they're trying to there, but they are definitely um, it's too harsh to say mix mystery boxing us. But I feel like they're putting they're, it. They're putting us but, in the new T'Challa's but, yeah, shoes. Yeah, mi- mystery is a big part of how of how of the um, narrative flow. So, it the only the only sort of narration we could get that would fit the way he's telling the story is like, what am it, I doing it here? Is if we had captions that were what T'Challa was thinking, right? And and it would just be like, what's going on? But that wouldn't remember. help us much because he doesn't know yeah. anything. Well, either. it doesn't even have to be T'Challa. I mean, because it could be. I mean, if this if this really was being, uh, you know, an event from the past, mm-hmm. it can be narrated from you know with a historical perspective. I don't know that you would necessarily want to do that. But right, that might just reveal can't of the be storytelling. Cl- but reveal can't be clever. I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm really curious. I, I want this book. I, you know, there, there's stuff that I like about this, but, and and I think that there's a story here, mm-hmm. but I think it started in the wrong place at the wrong time. But that's me. Uh, this is a story that I'm hoping that six months from now I hear was really good and I, and yeah. it's worth checking out as a trade. Yeah, I think um, um, because. Uh, Tanahisi's Coates' first uh, Black Panther trade was like, it looks like he was getting his footing, and it, mm-hmm. it was very dialogue heavy because obviously yeah. he comes from prose. Yeah, but he's a like author. reading, right? Yeah. Reading afterwards is like, oh, he's connecting every single thread that he uh, placed in the first trade. Yeah. He is a master storyteller. Yeah, when you were mentioning Tanahisi Coates, I was kind of wondering if this was his first comic or not. Because well, this would be like his second Cause one. Because if this was his first comic, Mike, he has done very well at not being wordy for being a prose author. But right. it's it's his second. So. Yeah. Well, um, I I love the I mean, way he that still is converted to comic storytelling very yeah. well. Yeah. No. Definitely. I'm um, glad that he's in the industry because it, it's an actual like. And I don't mean to say it this way, but like an actual writer writing great comic books. 
or at least comic books that you know may matter to some people um i i'm i'm gonna take issue with that statement a little bit mm -hmm. i mean i think that comic writers are writers no yeah, yeah i know it's just a different yeah, songwriters I, my, my are writers. hair my hair that's why uh, that's stood why up prose writers that. are that, writers that, that, that's think, why i said i don't mean a lot of I don't prose writers mean uh, to make yeah, it a lot of prose writers have been very poor at but, comics mm -hmm. so i think the um, thing is Part of the problem that I have with this book is I think that Tony Easy Coates is still getting his footing in yeah. the medium of comics. Mm -hmm. and there's a, you know, given I don't I don't care what genre, um, whether it's superhero or indie or what, you know, there's a there's a tempo that and a style that I think is is necessary in comics. It's like it's mm -hmm. that finding that balance between. Um, allowing the art to tell part of the story that yeah. it's not it's a it's it, a collaboration it's a visual medium and prose authors aren't always visual no and but with yeah. this book I think uh, he let the artist do most of the work oh, because I, I there's think, more of that yeah I, I think I, 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 mean, I was wondering, just a lot of fighting right I, I was wondering if he was if he was um, you know collaborating more story-wise with the artists. Yeah, it, it may be so because, because I mean, um, look, you look at the panel layouts, you look at uh, the action and just the subtle moments and movements from, uh, you know, the obviously the characters. It's like Daniel Cunha knows what he's doing. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's Ta-Nehisi Coates like telling him, probably not. Um, it's probably him like letting, letting Acuna breathe a little bit and just do. I'd pay money to see the script. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would love to yeah. see you know and, what and, what level of collaboration there was right. between that and yeah. i didn't mean like you know it's good to have a real writer cuz that's oh, I, I that's know. that's yeah. definitely not the no, case just, yeah, i'm just saying like it's good to shudder. have this world famous <laughs> writer yeah. writing comics all right where where are the crickets i <laughs> i stopped i totally lost interest in this book the minute i saw the gladiator comparisons so <laughs> my rating has gone down <laughs> that's a bummer. um yeah i mean my rate my rating is gonna stay the same i i mean i get that i mean there's uh yeah, yeah but that story wasn't really original when it was gladiator either <laughs> yeah but yeah ridley scott it was new to him it's actually not what i was gonna say smart alec <laughs> Okay. Uh, I want, but what I what I really want to know, what I want to figure out, and I'll have to, you know, if I if I decide it's worth, you know, setting aside some time to look into it, is whether or not the story takes place in the past or if it's in the present. Right. If that's T'Challa, yeah, cause uh, that we know, passport. or is that is that somebody who you know set a new course for the direction of Wakandans throughout the universe yeah, when johnny posited that it was the past i, I made the joke that oh now i don't care <laughs> but um but um yeah um which of the three whether it's past present or future is really probably going to change is really going to probably affect my point of view on the on the story yeah i just like the story yeah i don't care where it takes place Okay. Well, I'm not too attached to the continuity. I'm just talking about yeah. in, in the scope of the story. Yeah, being no, told. I can I can see that. Like, if it takes place in the past, and you then yeah. you, you can have like, uh, the, if the this is of, like, like if oh. it suddenly becomes Wakandans are from space, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, insert adult gesture. Yeah, right. it's uh, 
What would you rate it, Roger? Uh, man, this is tough. I, I really want to like this book. Um, there's a lot to like about it. But as of now, it's a two and a half for me. Uh, I love this book, and I don't like sci-fi. Um, but it got me interested that I want to pick up the next issues. I love how pretentious you are, John. That, that's so weird. How is that a lot pretentious? of things that you going. said you liked about it are actually constant in science fiction. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I like the diplomacy stuff. Yeah, I like the and the politic, the uh, right. the politique, the uh, the um, allegory. The this, mm-hmm. that's all big time sci-fi stuff. <laughs> Maybe I should look at more yeah, into sci-fi. Star Wars or Star Trek. I've only seen yeah. Star Wars well, and that's probably a science fiction. fiction. So. Yeah. <laughs> if we want I like the Alien movie. Here. That's sci-fi, right? <laughs> Johnny, uh, what's your rating? Uh, it's a five. David. Uh, my rating's a three. Um, I, I tried to like it. I didn't like this issue. I see promise. Like I said, I'd love to, I'd love to hear seven months from now that Oh man, that's a good book. You should check out the trade. Yeah, yeah. I was at three and a half. I'm dropping it to two and a half. That's about where I'm at with. You were not entertained. <laughs> I was until I came so to the realization. So were you not entertained? That Donahisi <laughs> just did Gladiator in space. Yeah, I'm trying to get you on a Gladiator. And I realized <laughs> that he actually used lines from Gladiator with the whole like the man that like rebelled against an empire that would be king like that whole spiel was like in that book <laughs> if, it, if it's in the book then it's probably more an homage than a ripoff uh, right it, it didn't work for me yeah I get it it didn't work for me but it did before you knew no you literally said that it was three like, and a half and that you enjoyed it a lot before it was, you realized I didn't it say was, I enjoyed it a lot I said I enjoyed it mm. but yeah I don't know once once everything kind of like yeah, it, eh, whatever. It play well. I mean, it plays very much like Gladiator, but so did Planet Hulk. Uh, I love that yeah. series. I mean, one. I think it's one of the and Gladiator played a lot like Spartacus. I think, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's. I I actually thought Gladiator was a Spartacus remake when I first saw the um, preview <laughs> back in '99. Was yeah. It? yeah, probably not far from the truth. But Gladiator is so good. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott. That's the difference. All right, where are we at? Uh, okay, so we are going to bring back a blast from the past. Uh, did we do uh, the trade? We're doing oh, the trade. The, the, um, um, yeah. I thought that was in the reviews. No, I've, no. I've got a roadmap, David. Sorry. Sorry. He's, he's prepared. We, uh, we've got a, we're bringing back a blast from the past, uh, mainly because Johnny is incapable of following rules. And people so, have asked for it, so. Uh, no, Johnny. Mm. Two people <laughs> asked for it. It was four, but okay. <laughs> but the mere fact that you listen, think this is about so. you is mm. hilarious. I mean, you literally said well, yeah, it's because Johnny can't follow directions, <laughs> so I guess it is about me. <laughs> no, it's it's you're not being rewarded. I know. Okay, you're saying I didn't follow directions, so yeah. it's about. Well, so we're gonna change up how we're doing this, partly because you can't follow directions, and the rest of us can't <laughs> can't, keep can't, up can't finish with, books. You know, the reading of the other week. books. All right, so. so. Um, we are going to bring back lightning rounds. So, Roger. Yes. Okay. Oh, man. I knew this was coming, and I should have set up uh, a timer. I thought you did have a timer. I I did, but my battery was low, so. Oh, snap. Boom. Okay. Okay. So, 
One of the things that uh, Teresa and I have been working on over the past few weeks is getting ready um, to get rid of some of our back stock. We have uh, somewhere between sixty and 70,000, if not more, back issue comic books, roughly from 2005 to 2015, that have been sitting for a long time. We're actually going to start moving these um, starting, well, this would be uh, the Saturday before Memorial Day. Um, so this will be late for you guys. Um, but for all but the Patreon anyway, subscribers. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, Bryce, if you want to get on a plane, come, <laughs> come meet me tomorrow morning. Anyway, $50 a short box, $100 a long box. We're going to be having multiple sales through probably the next year to get rid of these books. Um, also, if you if you know if you don't want to wait and you want to work out a time with me, hit, hit me up. If you want to go get some back issues, I will be glad to oblige. Boom! Turn it off. Is that the end? Is that your minute? Or are you getting a text? I don't know. Go ahead. Next. <laughs> we need to have the timer. Hang on. I'll I hold up. I think. I don't know if you put stopwatch and timer at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. Go, Johnny. What? Oh, yeah, right. So uh, I read uh, Quince, uh, volume one, and it's by Sebastian Cadlesic, and uh, it is about this girl named Lupe, who is a crank, uh, regular, well-meaning, insecure teenage girl whose life is completely turned upside down uh, during her quinceañera when uh, she learns that she has superpowers, and it kind of just flips her whole world uh, obviously upside down uh, like i just said and it's a really uh, well done coming of age story uh and i strongly recommend it for anybody that is interested in that type of stories and uh i believe it's nominated for a couple of eisners so definitely take a look at that yeah i saw that at a, i saw that at the con i was at last yeah weekend. it's really money to buy it. really <laughs> really good all right uh, I have something completely unrelated to comics, but it's pretty prevalent in pop culture. I just started watching a uh, YouTube series called Cobra Kai. Oh. And it, for anybody <laughs> that was a fan of Karate Kid, it is the original Karate Kid, Daniel LaRusso, the actor that played him, Ralph Macchio, the original Johnny Lawrence. It's set 30 years after their final confrontation of the 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament. Johnny Lawrence is at rock bottom as an unemployed handyman haunted by his wasted life. <laughs> However, when Johnny rescues a bullied kid, Miguel, from bullies, he is inspired <laughs> to restart his the notorious Cobra Kai dojo. However, this revitalization of his his life uh, and related misunderstandings find Johnny restarting his old rivalry with Daniel LaRusso. Uh, a successful businessman who may be happily uh, married but is missing the essential balance in his life uh, because of the death of his mentor, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, meanwhile, even as his antipathy, uh, an antipathy festers, finds himself reelected, blah, blah, blah. It's a great series. I've watched the first couple episodes so far. Um, nice. It's great. So this check it out. When, it's about... When, 30-minute episodes. This is when people said, like, that uh, the Karate Kid cheated, right, by kicking or whatever? It's mm. that movie, but that's not the case. Mm, okay. well, yeah, there's a lot of fan theories out there yeah. about how... Well, not fan theories. Uh, he uh, clearly uh, that, violated well, yeah, the he rules. he did violate the rules. <laughs> that's, that's movie logic. Yo. What, that he kicks somebody? You're allowed to kick people. Yeah, but you were, they say very clearly, don't no kicks to the face, and he wins by a kick to the face. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude. Yeah. But... 
But the Cobra Kai guy already that had looks pretty uh, al- already had Johnny cheat. So in yeah. movie logic, he's okay because yeah. it's, cheating has it's actually heard. really good. Um, <laughs> I want to I want to take a look at that. That looks cool, David. Oh, I haven't been reading much comics or watching much TV late. So I'll just uh, mention that my comic, the Super Cliche Hero Chick, I'm now making a trade. Uh, for the first six issues of my book, it should be out sometime uh, August, probably. Wow, cool. Um, it'll be titled uh, Four Foot Eleven of Whoop Ass, and uh, it's uh, going to be available on IndiePlanet.com. Sweet. Very cool. Rad. All right. That is your lightning round. Lightning round. Boom. Four minutes-ish. Yeah, and we're we're gonna do this for a little bit, and let us know what you think. If yeah, you, if you like having it back, let um, us know. If if you don't, yeah, we'll figure out other segments to do. You know, so uh, for our highlights coming out next week, the Amazing Spider-Man eight hundred is apparently what we're reviewing. Mm, yeah, right. is this the Red Goblin finale? Yeah, well, or. It's, it's kind of chapter of the Red Goblin stuff. Maybe. I mean, the last issue in the story is 801, but I okay. think that that's going to be kind of an epilogue. Whatever's going down is probably going to be in, in this next issue. Cool. So I'm real curious. All right. Hmm. Uh, and then from DC, <laughs> reviewing Man of Steel, number one of six, <laughs> by Brian Michael Bendis. Unless. Unless. Late. Unless. Unless. I read it and it's trash before, and I don't want to talk about oh, it. Come on! Oh, like that's not fair. You should just only review good books. Because Doomsday Clock number we five is also out. Good books. <laughs> yeah. Same. If it's trash, you tell people it's trash. Oh, so the Give first time thoughts. I was on this, we read Venom one. So mm. you know, Give your thoughts. <laughs> We've done enough Doomsday Clock for the moment. I just I, <laughs> there's I didn't, never enough Doomsday Clock for me. Yeah. So because it doesn't come out on time. No, it's just because it's so good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just so good that it sustains me over that time. Ooh. It sustains you like oatmeal. Yeah, legitimately. <laughs> like every time I'm like, I don't even feel like like I'm missing it half the time like every other month right now. I'm like, oh, Doomsday Clock is out. Heck yeah. yeah. Still haven't read it. it- I'm one of the I'm one of the Watchmen was enough and I don't need more Watchmen people I may be wrong and I'm willing to risk that um, you're wrong uh, <laughs> Roger <laughs> what indie book are we doing I have no idea because we have a very short list yeah it's a very short list Dude, I'm not going to read check whole things and see what what kind of quantities we're getting on these. It could boil down to, hey, we have one book. Everybody come by the shop and read it. Oh boy, which was it was pretty close on Skyward this week. So, um, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been a while since we've done Descender, but we've done it anyway. Can't take yeah. Nope. That just defeats your logic for Doomsday Clock. No list for you, Johnny. Maybe you could do Doomsday Clock and Man of Steel. And, and Man of Steel. Give the India a break for yep. a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Might what it comes down to. Johnny, tell us about the graphic novel. Right. I had some thing on my phone. Uh, let's see. Motor Girl by Terry Moore. Uh, Omnibus. Uh, what is it? Ten issues? Ten issues. Mm-hmm. Ten issues. Um, and it is the story of this girl named Samantha. And Samantha Locklear. 
Samantha Locklear. I forgot her last name. Sergeant Samantha Locklear. Who works at a junkyard, and suddenly a UFO crashes uh, in the junkyard. And um, the problem is one of the extraterrestrials kind of falls in love with her, so he's <laughs> always coming back. Um, this story's wild. I don't know how to really pitch it. Um, you know, You're she's kind of getting a major element. There's a giant gorilla named, uh, yeah. named? Uh, Mike. Mike. Yeah, yeah. Gorilla. I was gonna say, how did you miss Mike? Six hundred pound uh, gorilla named Mike. Um, that's who's very blunt, right? Indeed. Uh, he's pretty. He's pretty cool. Um, but uh, she's a vet uh, who uh, suffered through some war injuries, and she's kind of going through these this PTSD and things like that. And he helps her out with that, right? And it's mm -hmm. it's the story of Samantha dealing with reality. Mm -hmm. One of the things I don't want to spoil the ending of this book. Okay, I was going to ask. I kind of knew, and and. Uh, from the very beginning because it's kind of i mean it's kind of a trippy story mm -hmm. i mean it's like you know this girl and this you know 900 pound gorilla and these little aliens and but stuff, issue and it's two like, like what yeah you know this there's got to be something going on here you you know it's coming and yeah. anybody that started this book is going to know it's coming but how terry moore wraps this up mm -hmm. at the end to kind of reveal to you what all is going on I thought was beautifully done. Yeah. Um, because even though, you know, um, there, there's those, I think, that would call it cliche in storytelling. I didn't think it was cliche. I don't think it, I don't think it is either. Um, it, it I, was I, common tropes, but not. I don't want to yeah, say, like, cliche. I saw the ending coming. Man, how can I say this without ruining stuff? Like by issue two, I kind of figured out what was going on with Mike. You kind of know that what that yeah. is, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, maybe another issue in. I'm trying to gauge where I I started to put a lot of this stuff together. You kind of figure out what her deal is. It's like okay, mm -hmm. she's obviously has these. Like Johnny said, she has PTSD. Stuff like that. It's very clear. How it goes from aliens in a junkyard to the end of this book, I was like, wow, that's some pretty good story. Not in a bad way at all. That's some really freaking great storytelling in, and it's got an emotional kind of punch at the end too. You're just kind of like, holy crap. Well, because I think Terry Moore also has the ability to kind of pull you, you know, pull you into the story so that what you're reading, you feel like is actually, you know, that this is actually going on. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, it's not any kind of fairy land ceremony. And I'll, I'll give you an example. When when uh, the two um, the two hitmen. Vic and Larry. Vic yeah, and Larry. okay, who are great. <laughs> yeah. They're... Um, they come over. Uh, to, uh, Speaking of which, where... David, you shave, shave up the sides a little bit. You got the Vic thing going. You got the scruff <laughs> on the chin. Your big, um. big dude, you could you could pull that off as a cosplay, maybe I'll bro. Cos maybe I'll cosplay <laughs> Comic Con. See, you, see what Terry Moore. There's no, there's one point <laughs> where where Larry is trying to hide, and he physically crawls down inside the chair into the cushions, of into that. the cushions of the chair, like like very cartoony. where the change falls. Yeah, and right, and it was very cartoony, and I was so into this story. When I was reading it, I was like, 
why did why did Terry Moore do that? Yeah. You know? I'm like, this is really weird. And even Sam acknowledges and how it, weird it is. She's like, right. how does a grown like, man crawl into like a the cushions of a chair? Right. And I'm like, man, it's like you're being you're being kind of, you know, slapsticky with mm-hmm. your storytelling, which was which is kind of out of character for Terry Moore. At least he hasn't done it in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't, I, I can't state how much I love this book though. Um, it's a great book. But of course, cause we're not talking about whether there's explanations. Yeah. There's yeah. There's tone. some things that we, that there's a lot of tonal explanation yeah. in the story. Yeah. One of the things I want to bring up again, and I know I've brought it up before with his previous books, but he does really great facial expressions. Yes. Um, I really love like the Vic and Larry, like every time, <laughs> yeah. like just, there's some great expressions that they do. Sam's face in a lot of the stuff that goes, that ranges from just silly kind of like cartoony stuff to when it gets to the heavier stuff near the end of this book, there's some shots of just her eyes. Um, and what he puts in these panels, uh, it, you feel yeah. the hurt. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's tough to pull off, I yeah. think. Uh, and I think that just shows what a master uh, artist he is because, man, when I got to some of those panels, I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're kind of reliving what she's remembering yeah. um, right along with her. So, um, yeah, there's some there's some great t- – I mean, yeah, a lot of Terry Moore's women look the same in some stuff, but I don't care. Yeah, I, I- – yeah, I don't care because it's yeah. so freaking good that I just yeah. I'm like yeah I don't yeah. care because it the facial expressions everything it, it yeah you have some yeah. similarities and, and whatnot I, it doesn't matter because it's so good everything with him is about expression and communication yeah I, and the fact that uh, your claims that the ladies all look the same is like I, I don't mean the, that it, as an insult what, or what a I'm slight getting at, what I'm getting at what I was gonna say was the early days he had a lot more difference of type. Mm-hmm. And his work did not have the same, um, the same emotional punch. Mm. So I think it's a little bit of uh, what Scott McCloud calls masking effect, mm. which is you keep a simpler face, and you impart the you impart the characteristics onto the person through your emotions from reading the story. Uh, and that could um, be it, because be, and I'm cause no I want to, because so. like I said, I want to say he that's on purpose, because like I said, his early work and, and like that, I said, I the don't char- want that the to character come off as a slight to him at all. Different, you know? No, because that's actually I think, I I think because I agree with I, I agree with that assessment. What I find fascinating is though, um, all, you take all of his girls that do look alike. You know, and they'll look um, slightly different next to each other. After you, that that's kind of a superficial mm-hmm. uh, assessment, okay? Because if you read if you read the books, okay, you read his different stories, you're like, what? No, that's Francine. Yeah. Or no, that's Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, when you're reading it and you're in the story, they don't yeah. look the same. No, but and, yeah. and this kind of goes to to what you're saying about yeah. the masking effect, where. The personality that he imparts on this character through through the actions and the storytelling makes them unique, and you connect with that character in a different way than you you would with Kachu or. Uh, mm-hmm. That's any. a much better way of articulating it, but yeah, I yeah. I 100 agree, and like I said, I would, I'm not trying to slight yeah. Terry Moore with no, that statement whatsoever because I don't <laughs> no. care. It's because I'm, I'm on the same I'm I'm in the same boat with you. 
it's like cheesecake. Like, yeah, you can put down all kinds of different cheesecake from different people. It's still going to be cheesecake, but it's – I'm not complaining because yeah. it's freaking cheesecake. I, I so. wish – I kind of wish that I had – you know, look, I, I've, I've never read anything that I didn't like by Terry Moore. Yeah. And when this when this series first came out, and I remember, you know, this this girl in this, you know, the the original pitch, he has other girl and the nine hundred pound gorilla and the aliens. I was like, what What are you doing, dude? Yeah, <laughs> being awesome. And, uh, and I kind of wish that I had gotten on board with this with individual issues because. It's just it's that good of a story. He's see, such he's such a good storyteller. Yeah, see, there are such great elements of drama, comedy, and just heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all in the same. Yeah, everything. everything, the highest highs, the lowest yeah. lows. I mean, one of the funniest things you just pointed out this panel was just the argument about jazz. Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker. <laughs> Charlie Parker was a genius. Like on top of Charlie Parker the, was a the, runaway the, horde. <laughs> <laughs> on top of the the, the so, old cars, like, like right. without Charlie, but without Charlie Parker, we would have without Charlie Parker, we would not have Miles Davis. And then Miles Davis, Davis. Like, oh. the, the heavens <laughs> opening up, and <laughs> there's like moments like that were really great and funny, right? But then, like I said, you get to the end, and there's just so many gut punches, and you're just like, oh, right, oh, it, like yeah. the whole thing. And then I just loved what a grump uh, Mike was. <coughs> Mike's so awesome. Uh, yeah, just, I want a Mike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I loved what a like how like a loving grump that Mike was. Yeah, because he oh. was kind of like that reality check for like. So every I'm going to the gore. Gun? Yeah. No. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, get a gun. <laughs> yeah. Um. So just that. This is a fantastic book. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't know, like, I was kind of like with you, because I remember when these would come in and we'd bag them up. I remember looking at it being like, this is the guy that did the zombie girl story, right? Because, you know, I hadn't read Rachel Rising yet. And I'd be like, now he's drawn a chick with a gorilla and an alien. Okay. He does really yeah. weird stories. <laughs> you, you, see, you see what Not I- knowing what you're in for on all right. that stuff. And it's like you said, I See, really wish I would have known when I first saw this solicited. I'm like, awesome. He's doing a story about a chicken gorilla <laughs> and an <laughs> aliens. <laughs> well, see now I know better. Now it's but, like, what if you put his it, name on it? And I'm going to read like, it. Oh, this is really good. I thought this was going to be like a little diversion between, um, I thought the series was going to be like a little diversion between his bigger series is but no it's yeah, got everything I, it's got everything his bigger series have just it's like yeah the concentrated just, version yeah pulled down <laughs> and um it's it's as as you know literary as as his other books johnny uh i love the book um it's it's fun but also you know just very <laughs> heart shattering <laughs> at times uh, I love the art style that Terry Moore has specifically for this book. It's it's kind of different from Rachel Rising or mm-hmm. um, it's not as different from uh, Strangers in Paradise because it's kind of like the same uh, tone that they're going for. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Dave was just flipping through the book and I saw the page where uh, the the granny is. What's her name? The, Libby? The, the, Libby. Libby. Aunt Libby. Who owns yeah. the. The Fra- salvage Francine's aunt, by the way. Play- For those playing- keeping score of the Terry verse. Oh, Wait, okay. what? Francine's aunt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Is uh, that why 
Oh my God! Okay. okay, they're they're playing tennis and the ball is melting. She serves and it like it, it like goes into yeah. the surface <laughs> of the court. Yeah, like it yep. sinks into yep. the court. Well, all us really desert funny. dwellers. It's yeah. really funny, Johnny. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's, it's okay. Um, I love that the art style looks like kind of an '80s comic strip a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's not a mistake. <laughs> right, right. Like even even in like the word balloons and and the the um, action, it's just it feels like a Sunday comic. When, when I was at when I was talking with him at WonderCon, he described this book to um, he described this book to someone coming by as uh, Calvin and Hobbes with adult problems. <laughs> yeah, that that's actually pretty yeah. accurate. It, it reminds that's really freaking accurate. <laughs> yeah, like wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably like how he thought of. It. He's like, what if? Boom. Yeah. So yeah, th- this this Mind kind blown. of does remind me of comics like that, like Calvin and Hobbes. And yeah. What I what I like wish, Hobbes. what I would love, because like I do and I don't. I love the black and white. All of his books do, but every time I see the covers and stuff, I'm like, put out a colorized version for me. Oh, come on, Terry. <laughs> yeah, he still's never done a colorized. Like anything. just just hire someone. Colorize he, he did some it. color pages in Strangers in Paradise, but it's never done. <laughs> I understand. I love the colors too. Like I, I want both. I want it in black and white. Yeah, I want both because I, I just want everything. Because yeah. I, I want my normal cheesecake, but then I want chocolate cheesecake also. Yeah. <laughs> and then I want Snickers cheesecake <laughs> and Reese's cheesecake. So I want the, all the, of that. I want analogy, that sampler. This analogy is getting intense. <laughs> in one, you know, that's what I want with Terry Moore stuff. I'm like, just give it all to me. He's still doing everything by himself. Right? I know. Yeah. The man, I yeah. don't know how he does it, yeah. but the man did. Uh, who did the color for like the cover? That's what um, I want to know. He credits him all the time on the Instagram. Yeah. So it is somebody that he's worked uh, with. Steve Hammaker. See? Okay. Just just, just hire him. <laughs> one, right. one, two. Special on this. Special on this. You know? Like, um, or, or any other one, I'll buy it. I've got the I've got the Rachel Rising omnibus. This, this would put out a colorized omnibus. This I'll buy that one this too. Would, this would be a um, this would be a good candidate for a colorized version. Yeah, because it's, it's shorter. Only, it's short, and there's not as much. Um, what spot is it like? Blacks. Ten issues. Yeah. Okay. And there's not as much spot blacks in it as there usually is in his work. So yeah. So uh, which was a thing he did. He was um, he was talking about art. I, w- I was talking about the art of the books with him at uh, WonderCon, and he was mentioning that yeah he did this one with a lot of um, rougher lines. A lot of pen, mm-hmm. oh, the sketches and, in the and dry so and and vellum paper, which has more tooth on it. Mm. And what he wanted is he wanted the art to have a rougher texture, so it felt hot, because it takes place in the desert. Huh. Job well done. Yeah, and that's why you notice uh, in it the blacks. Uh, there's no black that's perfectly filled in. Right. Anywhere on it. All right. Well, this looks awesome. Would you guys rate this? I think I know. Five. 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 ACP certified. It's so good. Pick it up. It's so good, guys. As yeah. is most of his other or all of his other works. Um, but you get this is a fast read. Um, it says omnibus. It's ten issues. It's a fast read that you'll get through, and then you'll go back and you'll just start taking your time through everything because that's what actually what I did with this. Yeah. Or you'll get very obsessed with Terry Moore and read all his other stuff. Or that too. Yeah. I mean, I did. I was only supposed to read uh, the first <laughs> trades worth of Rachel Rising right. and ended up halfway through the omnibus <laughs> in two sittings, right? Or however um, many it was. What I love, it's ten issues and it's twenty seven ninety nine for the omnibus soft cover. So I don't think like that they're making the hardcover anymore. Here. I think the hardcover is only available from him now. Ah, uh, okay. Well then, Terry, yeah. we shall meet. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, great pick it up. Team. It's really yeah? cool. Good. All right. Uh, Roger. It must be trivia time. It is trivia time. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> last week, I think I asked what Steve uh, Rogers Shield was made out of. Yeah. yeah. Round one. Um, Heather, nice copy and paste job. <laughs> um, wow. Ian, Ian, you know, being Cap was boss. He came through with with uh, a, a very good answer. Also, he basically said, I, "I I'm pretty sure you're looking for vibranium, but actually, yeah, but it's actually, usually, you know, uh, noted as being like a vibranium steel alloy or vibranium adamantium alloy. I love you, and I'm like, Ian. That just makes my heart smile yeah. that you know that much. Like kudos, good job. Um, we had a lot of uh, a lot of people respond. We have two winners. Comics from last week are going to Christian DePaz. Congrats, Christian! And the trade, uh, which was I kill giants. I kill giants. Uh, Nathan Armitrout. Congrats, Sweet. Nathan. Sweet. That's uh, right. Two solid graphic novels yeah. with emotional like. Yeah, this one. Hey, and and trivia for this week, guys. Uh, Get on it. Yeah. yeah. Answer answer the question. You take want a chance. This you want this book. book. You really do want this book in your life. Um it's not you know, I don't think it's life changing or anything, but it is it's just so good. Good. I, I mean it is so so I, I, I saw you um what's it called recommending it just this afternoon yeah when a guy was in you're like you need to read this yeah <laughs> oh um Jason Noiska yeah he came in this book this book is definitely right up his alley um and I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I read it now so that I can recommend it to everybody I'll put it in as many hands as I can all right so I'm I'm doing trivia a little bit different tonight I decided to pull from from each. Okay. Of the books that we read. Okay. So there's not just one theme. Um, so uh, in in honor of Skyward, I want uh, you guys to tell me what the rate of acceleration for gravity is <laughs> numerically. Five. It's not. It's not uh, the Einstein thing, is it? No. no. Oh, okay. Oh well, I mean Einstein came up. That's with like a lot of energy, theories, but this is not Einstein. Right, E equals MC squared no, is energy. This you know, yes. you learn this in in middle school. I don't right. remember. I should, oh, right. Um, I should know this. Wait, what was the question That's again? Could you ask? What's the rate of acceleration due to gravity? Um, Siri, what's the rate of acceleration due to gravity? That's cheating. <laughs> Isn't it like for every second something's falling, it doubles the speed? Nine point eight milliseconds squared. No, or whatever. I just the first number that came up. <laughs> it, yeah, no, it is. It's nine point eight meters per oh, second. Meters per second. My bad. Squared. I thought it was milliseconds. Which is actually an acceleration. It's per second per second. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. I was kind of. Um, okay, in honor of Super Suns, which is being comed. Semicolon. Semicolon. Whatever you want to. <laughs> um. What was the name of Jonathan Kent's cat that got roasted by him? Goldie. That was really that was oh my god! I thought that would be harder. Okay. Dude, I love that was like an issue, like one, one or two. It was an issue one. <laughs> I told you, I love it. Was such it was such a pivotal scene though? It was. It, it was. was crucial in creating the character that we love that was really right cool. now. 
the, only, the only mention of the name was like Goldie. No, yeah, <laughs> dude. I you have to understand. Like that was the that that is the Superman series that I was waiting for for a long time. I feel you, and it's I, a definitive yeah. run for me. Mm. That's really awesome. good. So that would okay, be a run that I good. hand off to for, my children um, when I have them. For Motor Girl, um, Motor Girl, uh, Sam. She's basically a Motorhead. Mm-hmm. So, in in honor of that, um, what type of automobile was the General Lee? Uh, sixty nine Charger. Boom. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I would have got it wrong. I was going to say Challenger. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say Challenger, but I remembered it was the Charger. Was it that was that Charger. um the General Lee the, was the Charger? The, the Dukes Dukes of Hazard. Right, Hazzard. that thing. Yeah. I should probably oh, say that too. Okay. Um, except they welded the door shut. Did they? Yeah, so they had to jump. They always the had windows. to jump through the window. Why yeah, would so they? Do, yeah. Okay, them so dude boys is always up to no good. <laughs> so they could do a hood slide yeah. and jump right. in, and it was like one of the only Johnny, exciting moments of the show because <laughs> it was a seventies television show. <laughs> to watch all the classic eighties and like wait, it was a TV like, show. Yeah, you should watch. Oh. You should watch BJ and the Bear. BJ uh, and the Bear. Yeah. Huh. That's it's not something a, you solicit an, someone for, an, Johnny, just an, so you know. An LTL truck uh-huh. driver with a chimpanzee as his co-pilot. Oh, my God. I forgot about that show. The original That's Han Solo and Chewie. BJ and the Bear. <laughs> BJ and the Bear. That's right. Yeah. I want you to watch Alf. Alf. Ooh. Isn't that the guy that eats kittens or yes. something? Yeah. yeah. He's but the it's Muppet a puppet? That, he's the Muppet that eats kittens. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Like, he eats kittens? Yeah. That's wild. I don't think they ever showed him eating a kitten. What? But uh, he was no. always like... He, he may, was, he he may was have always, been coughing up a yeah, hairball. He, he every was now always and then. angling yeah. on the family's cat. <laughs> yeah, and there are so many great shows that I think you would never think to watch because no. you're like, that looks old and stupid. I don't see that. And then he'd like watch and be like, this is actually it, pretty great. I love I love like old cartoons like Thundercats and Mazinger Z and things Mazinger, like that. Mazinger, I haven't heard that name in a long time. I love time. that show. That's like 70s. Spaceship yeah. Yamamoto. Yes. Star Blazers. Oh, man. Vulture. Anyway, I love that. okay. I love all anyway, that stuff too. <laughs> all right. For you listeners out there, if you want, you really, really, really want to win this book, um, and in honor of uh, the Black Panther title this week, I want to know what title and issue number did Black Panther make his first appearance in Marvel Comics? Jeez. Yeah. So, if you know the answer to that, or can Google it. Uh, do so. Oh, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. <laughs> I think I think David almost. <laughs> you know, you almost no, luckily did. I forgot the number, so that, that's oh, okay. why I was in pain because I thought this was still questions for us. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> this is for the listeners. So, so yeah, send your that? response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com <laughs> and uh, win you know some really good books or a tremendous graphic novel. Yep. All right, Matt, did you check and see if we had any reviews? No? No, no new reviews. No new reviews, even in other time zones? Yeah, and no, no Okay. About uh, Zimbabwe? Who's in Zimbabwe? We know. have listeners. Did someone send us a thing telling me to check Zimbabwe? <laughs> mm. What if they did? <laughs> they did, I would have checked. God dang I mean, it. Got to be more thorough, Matt. New Zealand? New well, Zealand. I told them to send me a message <laughs> and then I will check the reviews if they don't send me a message Wait. saying they left a review I'm not going to check contact uh, at allstarcomicspodcast.com
It's yeah, just well. amazing the reach this show's gotten. Yeah. That's cool. It is. Wow, still, way to be a Debbie Downer, man. No, okay, maybe it's not how <laughs> spread the, it is. Is actually more what I was thinking. Kind of like a shotgun blast. Uh, that's, that's more what I was everywhere. thinking. A little bit of everywhere. More, more. That's more what I was on about the numbers. Was just how far reaching. You yeah, know, the numbers look good too. Sure. Yeah, I like it. We've made some friends all around yeah. the world. That's yeah. pretty that's cool. It, yeah, it's fun. Um. Anyway, if you guys like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, that's really the bread and butter is guys like Bryce, you know, basically kidnapping his friends and forcing Don't our show into their ears. Seriously. Isn't that how most Sean, podcasts Clay, uh, introduce James, people? James, James. Down in Australia. Yeah. Hey, good day. Thank you, guys. Um, um, if you guys want to go above and beyond, which most of you guys already do, uh, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. You can get on as little as a dollar, which gets you the episode the night that we finish recording it early. Uh, $3 level gets you that and all the Multiversity University episodes, which stay tuned. There's a new episode with Larry of Multiversity University at the end of this episode. All you cheapskates, it'll be there for you. If you want to do, uh, you know, $3, it'll get you the, the full episode drop, um, that we do or the multi-episode drop of Multiversity University. Uh, if you want to keep up with everything at the shop, you can like uh, Horizon Comics on Facebook and follow at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram. Johnny? Uh, you can follow me everywhere at the johnny 2 x 4 And a uh, new episode of We Love Ya, uh, Dante and Aristotle Discover the Secrets of the Universe. It's a really good book. Listen. Sounded really enthusiastic about it, Johnny. I'm going to need you to bring it's more like- energy from now on. It's like 11. It is late. <laughs> it is late. And everybody's tired. David? Um, you can find uh, my artwork at David Arroyo Art on Instagram. Um, my comic also now has a Twitter. I don't run it normally. But <laughs> I don't run it normally, but I will be doing takeover. My comic has a Twitter, but I do not run yeah, it. Yeah, my, my co-writer runs it. But okay. I, I'm going to be uh, – I'll, I'll be doing some takeovers every now and then. Um, it's um, Team Hero Chick. Um, so, yeah, that's right where on. I'm at. <laughs> Matt? For everything audio and uh, video game related. Um, you know, the crazy thing is right now is I've been up since 3.15 a.m. It is currently, what, wow. 10, 21 p.m. And I am getting my second win. So I'm going to be up until probably after midnight. You're working on like 19 hours yep. so far. Wow. I, uh, I've i noticed wow. that since I've shifted this new career that I am good off of about six hours of sleep for a very long day. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> like, you get to of, sleep in tomorrow. Though. Oh, I'm sleeping so hard tomorrow. Until <laughs> okay. <Okay>. seven. <laughs> I'm sleeping the crap out of my bed like it's going out of style, right. bro. Awesome. Anyway, sorry. I just like I said, my second one is like totally hitting me right now. I love um, how passionate you are about sleep. <laughs> oh, I love it so much because I never get it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I am at St. Jonathan on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I mainly just meme stuff now and yeah. put out funny stuff. I keep meaning to post comic stuff and I never remember to. They're pretty choice memes. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I will try at some point to get some comic stuff up again. Guys, thank you for everything uh, that you 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 know provide us, the questions, the answers, stuff, the feedback, all that. We love the fact that you guys are entertained by the nonsense that we put out each week and uh, uh, we just you know have a good time doing it for you guys. So yeah. uh, tune in next week. Hopefully uh, you guys keep enjoying it. Take care. Thanks, guys. 
Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I am your host, Larry Douglas. Now, tonight we are going to begin talking about the next age in comic book history, an age called the Atomic Age, or perhaps I should say we now recognize it as the Atomic Age. For a lot of years, um, nobody really talked about uh, a name for the period between the end of the Golden Age and the beginning of the Silver Age. Um, instead, it was just kind of this uh, this nameless period where a bunch of different things happened, and we it was almost like we were just waiting for the Silver Age to start. But it was a significant significant time in comic book history. Not necessarily a great time, but definitely a significant one. Now, one of the things I want to get out of the way is what to call this age, because you're going to hear it called two different things. Sometimes you will hear people call it the atomic age, as I do. Other times you will hear people call it the atom age. And um, I just want to say that to those of you who call it the atom age, you're wrong. Because if you think about the names of the other ages, now certainly um, the platinum age, platinum can be a noun or an adjective. The silver age, silver can be a noun or an adjective. The same with bronze and copper. But let's think about what what about the other ages, the Victorian age. That is not an, a noun. That is an adjective. We don't call it the Victoria age. Same thing with the golden age. We don't call it the gold age. We call it the golden age. So it is clear that we should be using adjectives to describe these ages, not nouns. So atomic age is actually the correct term for that, no matter what anybody else might say, no matter what you see in the Overstreet Price Guide. Now, um, the atomic age is going to begin in 1946. It will end uh, in 1955, basically, uh, as, the, as in 1956, the Silver Age begins. Um, but the atomic age is a little bit different in its beginning than some of the others, because in the other ages, we've had a specific comic book, which we can say was the comic book that began that age. For example, the Victorian age starts with the adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck. The Platinum age starts with the Yellow Kid in McFadden's Flats. And of course, the Golden Age starts with Action Comics number one. But the Atomic Age doesn't have any particular comic that we can say is the first Atomic Age comics. It's really a matter of there are some trends in comic books that will begin to uh, start playing themselves out starting in the year 1946, which are going to substantially change the comic book industry. Now, the reason that it's called the Atomic Age is because the most popular genre during that time is not going to be the superhero like in the golden age it's actually going to be science fiction comics and in particular science fiction comics that involve people being affected by radiation uh, this was something that obviously uh, was on people's minds after the dropping of the atomic bombs on the hiroshima and nagasaki and so this is a very important uh or should maybe not important but a very uh very ubiquitous storyline in um, in the atomic age among comic books. And of course, uh, science fiction though was not the only genre that was um, that was important in the atomic age. It was the most popular, but horror comics are going to become very popular during this time. Crime comics are also very popular. Westerns, uh, romance comics, and teen humor comics, the Archie style comics, will be very popular. And uh, probably the most important company during this time is not going to be 
DC or Fawcett or Timely, even though um, you know those co- those companies will be continuing, uh, but especially DC, but it's really going to be EC, especially in the early 1950s. That uh, comic book company started by Max Gaines in 1944. What's going to be one of the most important features of the atomic age in addition to those other genres taking precedence is the decline of the popularity of superheroes in fact the decline of the superhero popularity is going to be so uh, disastrous for the superheroes that we will eventually reach the point where only three superhero comics are still being published superman batman and wonder woman everybody else by that point is gone And not only will the superheroes almost completely disappear, but some companies will actually end up disappearing. Timely Comics itself, for example, will actually end up closing its doors in 1950. Now, Timely Comics is going to be renamed Atlas Comics and uh, and will continue with Martin Goodman still as the publisher, but it's going to be a very different company from what it was during the Golden Age. Um, The other thing that we're going to see is that the criticism that comic books had been undergoing since at least 1940 uh, will become much more intense. Comic books are going to find themselves really under fire. And uh, in fact, we will actually, during this particular age, uh, see the public in many respects turn against comic books and inspire the creation of essentially a censorship board for the comic books called the Comics Code Authority, which for the next 25 years or so is going to pretty much determine what kind of comics get published. So um, the Atomic Age, not a great time for comic books, uh, but again, uh, an important time uh, in terms of how comic books will develop. And uh, of course, the Atomic Age will lead us into the, uh, the next age where we'll see the superhero once again resurge in popularity, the Silver Age. But we will be spending our next several episodes talking about the Atomic Age and all the things that happened during that time. And I hope you will join us next time as we talk about the decline of the superheroes and what may have led to that. <laughs>